him another hand. Let's go. Woo! Wasn't that dope? That was dope, right? See, Elevate, we got the best leaders in Chicago for a youth group ever, okay? They're dope. They're talented. Uh, talented. They're loving. Good people, man. Eat with them, bro. I mean, Ricky, that song got stuck in my head last time he sung it, and it wasn't the dude singing. It was Ricky, bro. It was kind of weird, but... Uh, but Real quick, man, we're going to talk about the gospel, okay? I think uh, I do this every time I have a gospel presentation, but I tell you guys that you need to say the good news every time I say the gospel, right? So when I say gospel, y'all say gospel. See, the gospel is the good news. A lot of people have, you know, their own good news. Like yesterday, the Cubs played their first game, right? Preseason, season opener, right? It was a good game. Who were they playing? Marlins, right? Did they win? That's good news, right? If you're a Cubs fan, if you're a Sox fan like my man right here, come on, that's the Sox fan right there. Are you Cubs fans? No. Nah. It's all right, man. I, won't, I, I did kind of just outcast you, but it's all right, man. You're good here. If you leave the church, I can't protect you. But so today we're going to talk about Jesus, of course, right? But most importantly, we're going to talk about why today is called Good Friday, if uh, you can go to Mark 6, thank you. If you guys have a Bible, right? Everybody have a Bible? Throw it up in the air if you got a Bible. All right, you got a bunch of phones. Where's your Bible? There you go. There you go. So Matthew 6, 33 to 39. I don't know if you guys have ever read this, but this is the account of Jesus' death. All right? Now, one thing I want to, uh, just give me one second, guys. One thing I want to bring about to you guys is just to get you thinking on why today is called Good Friday. You know? I don't know if you guys have ever been to a funeral. Has anyone ever been to a funeral? You know, whether, would you call that a good funeral? Would you call that, man, that's a good day. Someone died. But yet today, we are obviously celebrating. Yeah, celebrating the death of Jesus Christ. Now, how can the death of someone ever be good? How could someone's death be, be like the, uh, the reason for someone's praise? How? Think about it. I, I, you know, when you, you, when you talk to atheists, when you talk to people that don't really care about Jesus or make fun of Christians, they're like, you guys wear a cross. That's a symbol of death. And it's true. The cross was where Jesus was nailed to the cross. It was nailed. Where he was nailed and he died. So before I get into the passage, I want you guys to know this. And uh, Oscar, can you get it up? Mark 6. So before we get into this passage, you guys need to know some things. You guys need to know there is a God, okay? I don't know if some of you uh, believe in a God or believe in many, many different gods or, or whatever, but there is one God, one God, and he created everything. From the smallest ant, maybe the smallest molecule, to the biggest galaxy, billions and billions of light years away, God created it. He is the uncreated creator. No one has created God. No one has ever given something God that he didn't create. God doesn't know anyone anything. He created everyone. And the thing is, the Bible says God created everything good. Right? God created everyone 
to serve him, to love him, but to know him so he serves them. It was a relationship. God created man to have a relationship with him. Everything was good. You look at the trees. You look at, man, I'm pretty sure even the cockroaches were good. God created them too, but I'm pretty sure they were awesome. Maybe they were colorful or something, you know? Even the bees, you know, that sting everybody, they were good. God created everything good. But then what happened? That's not what we see now. You know, where, where people believe there's love, you know, there's divorce. Where people think there's truth, there's lies and betrayal. And I'll tell you this, it has nothing to do with God. God was not the reason for anything evil in this world. Matter of fact, man is the reason. See, God created everything good, right? Everything. So the only way that we could have something bad is if we disobeyed what was good. See, we disobeyed God, and that let the gates open for sin. Okay, we believed the lie from the devil, right? There is a devil out here, guys. I don't know if you guys know this. There's a devil, and he has no power. You see, many other religions like to say this. Actually, every other religion but Christianity has a creation account because everybody has some idea of truth, but they don't have the full truth. They think that God and evil were facing each other and God only, like, barely won. But no, God was in complete domination of everything. He owned everything. He created everything, even Satan. Before he fell, Satan disobeyed God, deceived everyone. Now, guess what? People are in sin. Man is sinful. But there is hope for us because Jesus Christ. Let's read this passage. Jesus Christ, in the Bible, in, John, uh, in, the, in the book of John, it says that in the beginning was the Word. Everybody say the Word. And the Word was with God. You guys know it? The Word was with God and the Word was God. And the word later became flesh. So Jesus was with the Father and is equal to the Father. He is God. And he became a man to do what? To save us. You see, in the Bible, if you read it, Jesus was waiting for, people were waiting for someone to save them because they looked around. They're like, dang, people are being enslaved. People are being killed. People are being, being taken advantage of. There needs to be justice. There needs to be someone to save us. And guess who came? Jesus. Jesus came, when the, uh, the Bible says he came with grace and truth. He was showing kindness to prostitutes, forgiving their sins, drunk people, uh, the, uh, basically tax collectors, which would be like a snitch. You guys know about snitches. You guys probably don't like them, right? God was showing grace to them, showing grace and truth to everyone. And you know what we did to him? The sinless, perfect man who was God, you know what we did to him? We put him on the cross. We put him on the cross. The conviction was too much, but many who saw him, right, this is now Jesus on the cross. You saw that video by Ulysses. They had whipped him. They had beaten him, and then they had him carry a cross that was 175 pounds, 175 pounds. He was, he was basically carrying another human being uh, up a mountain, up a hill while they were whipping him, and as they put him on the cross, they had nails about this big, probably bigger. And they stuck it right through his hand and through the wood. And there's, imagine the pain of that. Then they took his other hand and did the same thing. Then they took both his feet, put them together, and did the same thing to his feet. Three nails. Three nails. And he held there. He was there. So let's read this real quick. Matthew, I mean Mark 6, 3 to 39. You guys can read along up here. But many who saw them... Leaving, recognized them and ran from foot on the towns and got there ahead when Jesus landed. Oh, uh, my bad. Go to Matthew 16. My bad, bro. Matthew 16. Matter of fact, I have it right here, so 
Actually, Matthew 15, 33, my bad. At noon, this is, this is what it says right here, Matthew 15, my bad, guys. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out loud, oh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of them standing there heard this, they listened. He's calling Elijah. Someone ran to fill the, uh, filled a sponge with vine vinegar, uh, vine, wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him, with, uh, take him down. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last breath. The curtain of the temple was torn at two from the top to the bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw he had died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. I'm reading this to you because it's not really, you would think, man, dude, you know, Jesus, he's on the cross. This is God. And they thought the same thing. They're like, Jesus, why don't you save yourself? Why don't you do something miraculous? See, because Jesus was a miracle worker. He had raised the dead. He had healed the blind. He even turned water into wine. He had done so much. So, like, where's your miracles, Jesus? You claim to be before, you know, everyone. You claim to be the son of God. But yet, who are you? You're on the cross. It's humiliation. It was humiliation. It was, it, imagine the embarrassment. He didn't even have clothes on. That, yeah, he didn't have, in the crucifixion, they don't even have clothes on. He was naked, crucified, bloody. Everybody was mocking him. No one had a tear in their eye but his disciples. Everyone was happy for his death. Everyone. Why? Why do this? Why do this? Why would someone, anyone do this, let alone God? Is there any reason that actually makes sense, any logical reason that makes sense why the Savior of mankind would allow himself to be crucified by the people he was trying to save? Does it make any sense? The Bible would call that the foolishness of God. That he was willing to love us. It doesn't even matter if you think it's illogical that, that God would come and die on the cross. He's willing to do it. And there's a reason why. It's because we owe Jesus for our sins. We were in a debt that we could not pay. We owed Jesus for our sins. And I, and I know that sounds crazy. So why is Jesus dying on the cross if we owe him? It sounds illogical. It doesn't make any sense. And the reason why is this, the reason, reason why even though we owe Jesus a huge debt, it's because we can never pay it. We can never pay this debt. So Jesus paid the highest price. It was his life for our sins. Everybody, take your finger, point to yourself, say my sin. You see, this is an individual accountability, okay? This is you as a person, your sin your hypocrisy, your pride, your envy, your lying, your unbelief, your hatred, all of it. Jesus knew you could never pay the debt for those sins. If, we, if you can go to John 5, 34 to 35. So man, man is corrupt. They cannot save themselves. Jesus comes to die on the cross for them. The wrath of God, right? He, let me take that back. Jesus came to die on, a, for the, on the cross for our sins because there's this thing called the wrath of God. 
You see, God is not happy with you sinning. Yeah, man, dude, I'm just going to hit up this girl. I'm going to lie to my parents. I'm going to have sex with someone that's not my wife. I'm going to watch pornography. I'm going to do all these things against God. And I know he's going to be good at me because he loves God. I'm going to be a hypocrite. Come to church one day. Not care really. Act a fool. Act just like saying the next. And you think, you know, God's cool with it. He's willing to forgive me, to forgive me, to forgive me. But this is, this is the truth right here, okay? Jesus does not agree with that. Jesus is not going to let you just sin as much as you want. He says right here, now that I accept human testimony, but I've mentioned it that you, you may be saved. John was the lamp and burnt. I, I said 30. Uh, I put it right there. It's written down. 6, 34 to 35. Oh, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave to sin. Now, the thing is, who has sinned in this room? Who has sinned in this room? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. A son belongs to it forever. See, we were enslaved to sin. The Bible speaks of slavery a little bit different than what you guys understand it to be. We think that, you know, we, slavery only happened to, you know, the people in Africa. And we, you know, they were taken by, you know, the, the Europeans and everything. But back in the day, these are people that are not African, are not white. They sell themselves into slavery because they couldn't pay a debt. People sell themselves into slavery because they can't pay a debt. And sometimes this debt lasts generations their children have to pay it. Their children's children have to pay it. And this is what Jesus is saying, that all of humanity, all of it, from, from you know, the Catholics to the Hindus to the Buddhists to the Muslims to the person who's not that religious, you have sinned. You're a slave to sin. And you don't belong to whose family? God's family. You are not a child of God if you are a slave to sin. You're actually a child of the devil according to Jesus himself. According to Jesus, the one that we sin against, the one who died on the cross for our sins, he says that you are a slave to sin. Now, here's the thing. You're working. You're a slave to sin. Back in the day, they would work for their master. They would work, and they would get payment. So if you can go to Romans, the Romans verse, what kind of payment are we getting as slaves to sin? What kind of payment? What's our, what is our payment? It says, for the wages of sin is death. That's what you get as being a slave to sin, working as much as you can. You get death. And a lot of you guys think, man, I'm not really being a slave to sin. I'm just doing what I feel like doing. And a lot of you guys think, man, dude, I'm not going to live for Jesus. I want to do what I want to do. Guess what? No one in this room does what they want to do. No one in this room. You are a slave from birth to death. You do, first of all, what society influences you to do. Let's get that straight. Second of all, you do whatever sin leads you to do. The reason why someone commits suicide is because of sin. The reason why someone bullies another person is because of sin. The reason why someone is raped is because of sin. The reason why someone lies it's because of sin. Everything you do against God has nothing to do with you. You're being pimped by sin. You are nothing but a slave and you need freedom. And that is where Jesus comes in. You see, God, being merciful, he sees that humanity has no hope. Reaches out to them. 
They still reject him. They still disobey him. They don't care. And some of you guys can experience that in your life. How many times have you come to a service and you leave and you know God was speaking to you to get right, but yet you still don't care? God sees that he becomes a man. He dies on the cross. And you know what he ends up doing? He ends up taking all the debt that we owed. If you can go to the next verse. You see, Jesus saw that, dude, we cannot escape the wrath. We cannot escape the wrath of God because we sinned. We were a slave to sin, and we loved it. We were going to earn death. So Jesus, right, he comes, and it says right here, God made him. Who's him? Who's him? Jesus. God made Jesus, who had no sin. Jesus never lied. Jesus always spoke the truth. He never acted out of character. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. To the rapist, Jesus became the rapist sin. To the liar, Jesus became the liar's sin. He became the sin of the rapist. He became the sin of the murderer. He became the sin of the, the person who's addicted to pornography, who loves the lie, who, who loves the foreign. He, he became that sin. He took it all on him. So that what? What was the reason why Jesus did that? So that we, in him, might become the righteousness of God. So that we could be made right. You see, dude, this is not, this salvation is free, but it costed Jesus so much. You think that maybe just because he's God, he didn't feel the pain. I want you to think about this. He was human as much as he was God. He felt so, he felt the nails, every bit of it, drive right through his hand. He felt the whips as soon as it made contact with his flesh. He heard, the, he heard the mockery. He heard people making fun of him. He heard people trying to sell his clothes. He heard people, oh gosh, he heard people blaspheming his name. And you got to understand, this is God. He can smite them all. He can smite all of us in this room. He's so, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't, listen, he would not be wrong for that. You have to understand who God is. Some of you have too much privilege Jesus could just get rid of us. If we understand who God is, he's all-powerful. He spoke life into existence. He can speak it back. But yet, he humbles himself. He's on the cross. Imagine he's there for nine hours. You know, he's trying to keep himself up. You have to keep yourself up. Because if you go down, it starts to pull off. And your flesh starts to tear. Think about that. Every nine hours, he's trying to put back himself back on the cross. That's what Jesus went through because he knew that we needed it. We needed to be saved. We were in debt to God, and he was going to have wrath on us because we were slaves to sin. Guess what? Sin at the end of the day is going to be wiped away, every bit of it. Every bit of sin is going to be wiped away, and the Bible says every tear that sin caused and that Satan caused is going to be wiped off the face of his children. But guess what? If you are not his child, guess what you're getting wiped away with? Wiped away with sin. Guess what, dude? The wrath of God is going to come like a tsunami, and everyone that stands with the devil and sin, a slave to sin, is getting wiped away with it. It doesn't matter if you're 11 to 18, if you know what is right and what is wrong. It doesn't matter if you're a parent. It doesn't matter if you go to a great school. It doesn't matter if you're good with the friends you have. If you are a slave to sin, God's wrath is still on you. God's wrath is still on you, and it was on all of us. 
But this is what happened. Jesus took the wrath of God, the eternal sin. Think about this. Every man that has ever sinned in the world, you think Hitler, you think all the people that had slave trades, you think of just what you did last week, everything. From the beginning of sin, he has taken it all on his shoulders, the grief. Imagine, have you ever felt, have you ever felt bad when you did something wrong? He took that as well. All of it on his shoulders. He felt the weight, the depression, everything coming at him. He took it all and he died. If you go to the next verse, please. He died so that we could be brought back to God. This relationship with God is the most important thing to God Himself. We needed to be brought back. And the only way to be brought back is if we were bought back by, from Satan, from sin. So you, all of you, all of you, I'm talking to every one of you, every one of you, you were bought at a price. And this is what the Bible says, therefore, honor God with your bodies. When it says bodies, it means your whole existence not just what you do on Fridays, not just what you do on Sundays, not just what you do in front of your parents or in front of church people. With your bodies, your entire life, you need to honor God because your life is no longer your own. You have been bought with a price, the price of God's life. That was the price. Some of you guys have so much respect for your moms, and they deserve it. They gave birth to you. But some of you have no respect for God who, without him, your mom would never exist. Without him, this world, the air you breathe, the logic that you try to think to outsmart God wouldn't even be in your mind. You, des you deserve nothing and God has given you life. What does that say about God? Now, look at yourself. What does that say about you? The reason why some of us come to Elevate and we come to church and we've heard the gospel and we still haven't been changed is because we don't understand this. We don't understand the depth of the love of God. That literally everything that we did, he took it all. We no longer have to work. Go back to Romans, please, Oscar. We no longer have to work for salvation. We no longer have to work to do right. Because a lot of us, we do right just because we know we're wrong. We want to feel some type of good thing. Some of us go to church just to feel better. Because we know there's something wrong with us. And it's because you don't have control of your life. And the person that does, the thing that does, wants to give you death. It's sin. And here's the thing, Jesus is not asking you, right, to come to him. Now he's commanding you because what he has to give you is so much greater than what this world has to give you. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He died on the cross, took our debt. He took the punishment for our debt. And then what he gives us in return is life, eternal life, freedom, Freedom from sin. He came to set the captives free. If you're looking for freedom in anything but Christ, you will come short. If you're looking for freedom and just coming to Fridays, you will fall short. 
If you're looking for it in your sport teams, you will fall short. The only one who can set you free is Jesus Christ. The only one. The only one. And I want you guys to understand that you have an option right now. As, as, as Stephanie begins uh, to, to play the song, I want you guys to all stand up. You see, God knows every one of you. And he knows every one of your thoughts, your emotions, your intentions. It says he can count the amount of hairs on your head. And that should scare you. And the thing is, Jesus never wanted to scare people into heaven. He never wanted to scare people like, hey, man, the wrath of God is still on you. You need to, you should be scared. The fear of God comes with belief. You know that, listen, everything you've done in your life, God has an account of it. But the thing is, he's willing to forgive you. Even though he paid the debt for our sins, if you are still in unbelief, if you are still rejecting God with the way you live, with your hypocrisy, you have not received the free gift of God. You are under the wrath of God, but Jesus is merciful. Today is the day of salvation. You can repent. You can turn to God. It's as simple as this. God has his hands out with the free gift of salvation. He paid the debt and everything, and he wants to give it to every one of you. Every one of you. All you simply do is have to turn around and take it, receive it. It's free, and it changes your life if you believe it. You see, because this message, if you believe it, will change your life. It is good news for the person who believes it. But the, for the person that rejects it, there is no good news for you if you are unrepentant. And I say this, I don't say this to, to just... That just you know brag about myself listen I went through basically 15 years of knowing I was going to church from like four to forever forever as long as I remember going to church and I did the church thing I was a hypocrite I, I would you know go to church and then after I got back from church I would just play video games cuss with my friends and after that I'd go play basketball and then I would just talk about females in the most inappropriate way, watch pornography all these things that a lot of you guys do and then some of you some of you ladies as well man Listen, this life is not the one that pleases God. It just shows you. If you look in your life and you're not living right with God, it shows you whether you're right with him or not. Look at your life. Examine yourself. Just like Ashley was talking about today in the communion. Examine yourself. Are you living right before God? Because if you're not, the chances are this is, this is what's really happening. You are doing what sin is telling you. You are, in li you are believing lies of the enemy. And the wrath of God is still on you. And I say that with all love. Listen, repent. Receive the free gift of God. Yes, God loves you. But if you do not turn to him and receive him, he's not going to force you into heaven. There is a heaven and there's a hell. Listen, hell is not for good people. Hell is not for bad people. Heaven is not for good people either. Heaven is a place where people that are children of God may share in the happiness of him. Hell is a place where people that reject God and reject the salvation that was given freely go. 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys to bow your heads and examine your life. Think about the cross, what Jesus did. You saw the video. You heard the explanation. Nine hours on the cross. Look at your life. Are you just like the world, slave to sin, just doing whatever your body tells you? Do you know that Jesus' death, what it does, the price that he paid for your debt? Do you know that he paid it all? Do you know and if right now you have faith and you believe it and you want to be saved, I want you guys to come up here and get right with God. Every one of you who have been a slave to sin, who, who have just been doing whatever the devil has been telling them and just been living wrong, I want you to come up and get right with God, every one of you. And if you claim to be a Christian and you've been living a life where you're like, I'm going to do what I want, even though I know it's wrong, I know God has been telling me otherwise. Come down here and repent and understand your life has been bought for. Your life is no longer your own. Christ paid the price. He deserves it. Therefore, honor God with your body. Honor God with your life. And this is the good news, guys, that Jesus, right, after all this, after the death, after everything, Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave. Hallelujah. My God is alive. I want you to look. Everyone here that is disbelieving God, I want you to look at everyone you look up to. They are going to die. Even ourselves, we are going to die. But if we put our hope in Jesus Christ, the one who rose from the grave, not in our money, not in our jobs, not in anything, not in our, in our, in our ability to, to be cool or whatever. If we put our hope in Jesus Christ, we will have life and life eternal. Your families will not save you. That sin you're holding on will not save you. Your school clubs, as soon as you graduate high school, you're going to regret it. But even after that, nothing in this world will set you free from sin. Your boyfriends, your girlfriends, your relationships, nothing in this world except believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is life right now. This is it. You could receive Jesus. You could be born again, born again. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, and leaders, you are free to come and pray. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus died and he rose again and believe it in your heart, the Bible says you will be saved. You will be set free. You will receive the free gift of God. receive it so everyone examine your life look closely look closely are you living right and if you're not do you have a belief in Jesus do you have a faith in Jesus or is there just a religion are you being a hypocrite Lord God I pray for everyone right now Holy Spirit Holy Spirit move in their hearts right now I don't care how stubborn they are I don't care how hard-hearted someone is I pray that you break through, Lord, and you convict them and show them what they can have, a relationship with you, God. I pray for those that are earnestly seeking you right now, that are, are willing to repent. They know they have done wrong. They know they need to be made right. I pray, God, right now, Lord, that you would intervene, Lord. 
that you would give them faith, that they would be saved in Jesus' name. I pray for new creations all up in this building, God. I pray for everyone here, Lord, that repents and acknowledges who you are to be saved, to live a life, God, that is honorable to you, God. Jesus, let the power of God move in this place. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Convict the hearts of every man and woman. Jesus.